time now for the panel here on the Sunday session. Joining us today, lawyer and commentator Liam Hare. Good morning, Liam. G'day. And I'm very happy to welcome back France Cook, who's been busy having a baby and releasing a book, because that's that's a that's a relaxing thing to do, Francis, both those things <laughs> yeah. at once. Uh, business Desk Investment Editor, Investments Editor, Francis is with us. Good morning, Francis. Good morning. I must say, for anyone else who's thinking about releasing a book at the same time as having a baby, I probably recommend separating the two. <laughs> oh, well, it's like having twins. Tick them both off at once. There we go. <laughs> Uh, now let's have a quick talk about Will Smith. He's been banned from 10 years from the Oscars uh, and any Academy-related events. Liam, I think this is justified. It draws a line under it all and we can all move on. Yeah, it's pretty appropriate. I mean, it's all that the Academy could do. I mean, they could hardly strip him of the um, the Oscar and then have to face a thousand questions that why, why Roman Flansky still has his. Harvey so, you know, we, Yeah, exactly, yes. So, so when you know, so when when this type of thing happens, you know, the punishment should fit the crime. It, it was an offence that occurred at the Oscars. A ten-year ban um, from the Oscars doesn't sound like a, an unreasonable imposition to me. It'll be some awkwardness in the uh, in the event that he ever wears, wins an Oscar within the next ten years. But you know, I mean, it's a it's a pretty good um, kind of response, I think. I think, uh, Francis, where the concern will be in Hollywood is the impact it's going to have on his um, ticket selling power, really. And we have seen that upcoming projects have been shelved. And Will Smith himself fears he is being cancelled. You know, is is that justified on his behalf or is this, are we still just dealing with the consequence of some actions? Yeah, see, I, I feel like I've got a bit of an unpopular opinion on this one. I I want to be super clear that I don't think he should have ever resorted to violence. I mean, use your words. But I feel like this whole thing has lost the context of his wife had a medical condition. He saw white hot rage. He should not have responded with violence. But I just feel like all of that context has been lost. And the response has been so big then I just, I do look at things like, you know, Roman Polanski or any other sexual assault allegations. And I'm like, where was the response to that? This was, you know, one multimillionaire slapping another multimillionaire. I, I possibly am underselling it, but I almost found it a bit funny. Well, I mean, it, it, is, it is sort of a question to ask these days, you know, because we have this sort of cancel culture, don't we? And we, we, we do you think we are more judgmental, Francis? Well, I think we're judgmental about certain things and then mm. not on other certain things. You know, we had Louis C.K., who was supposedly cancelled for quite horrendous sexual offending. And then he's just won a Grammy for a special where he joked about his sexual offending. I mean, the response seems so, uh, it, it, it really seems like a roll of the dice of whether people care or not. And if they do care, then, yeah, you're banned from the Oscars for 10 years. You lose all these work projects. Or you go along and win more awards and get more work. I mean, where's the consistency? Do you think we can, can just to judge yeah, Liam? I mean, look, uh, yeah, I can see where Francis is coming from. But, I mean, in terms of Will Smith complaining about cancel culture and things like that, I mean, Will Smith is the one who responded to uh, to words with violence. And, and so, you know, I mean, it's a bit rich to go and talk about cancel culture and being cancelled when you are the one who did the cancelling of, of, in a way, of, of Chris Rock by by sort of reacting to, uh, you know, an admittedly very, very bad taste uh, joke in that way. I mean, it, it, it's hard for me to feel a lot of sympathy for, for Will Smith, ultimately. I mean, you know, I think that he he enjoys the kind of aristocratic privilege that, um, that celebrities have. I mean, if Will Smith was a regular guy 
who was recorded on TV punching or sorry slapping a um, a celebrity. Uh, he wouldn't be uh, simply facing uh, the lo- a loss of a few paydays. He'd be facing jail time in the United States. Um, and, and and that's not on the cards at all. And so, you know, the, uh, it's hard for me to feel too much sympathy for the guy. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want my kids to, to see that and think that it was something that was appropriate or something that they should emulate and something that wouldn't go unpunished. And and, 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 and losing, a, losing a few paydays doesn't seem like that much of a sacrifice to me. Mm. I think you raise an interesting point, though, Francis, about the use of humour and comedy and taking the mickey out of people. Is that smart comedy? Or, you know, are we, are we getting to the point? I mean, it's sort of always been a, a tradition at the Oscars. You've got a room of very privileged people who, you know, you have a bit of a, you have to have a bit of a laugh at yourself, uh, you know, at yourselves. Uh, and obviously in this particular case, it didn't go down terribly well. Um, and I understand what you're saying about, you know, bad taste joke. I wonder, do you think we, you know, are we going to run the risk of not being able to, uh, you know, use comedy in this way? Yeah, it's an interesting one, right? We haven't heard from Chris Rock about whether he knew, because of course the joke he made was um, Jada Pinkett Smith looking like G.I. Jane. It turns out she has alopecia. It's been a real struggle for her um, dealing with hair loss. So that would have been a really, really sensitive issue. And I don't think that joking about a medical issue is okay. But we don't know if Chris Rock knew he was joking about that. And I feel like it's really important to know whether he knew. That's a really important context. Mm. But, you know, we're either stuck with he was either lazy and didn't know what was going on with his audience or he made a deliberately mean-spirited, cruel joke. And I do think it's important to be able to laugh at things and especially to make fun of celebrities who have got so much money and power to be taken down a peg or two. But there's still a line, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I, I completely agree with that. You know, I, I think you just don't take the risk, you know, of joking about people's appearances. But, you know, ultimately the thing for Will Smith to do if he wanted to defend his wife's honour was to get up and leave and make a point of that, you know, not to go walk up and hit somebody. Yeah. Never the right, uh, never the right uh, course of action, is it? Um, Liam, wondering, have you had COVID? Do you mind me I asking? Haven't. You haven't. I haven't. I've taken, I've taken about twenty um, uh, tests, and um, it's like sort of like trying to get pregnant almost. Except you kind of hope that you know, I like I say that, and then I'll get it, and I'll probably be one of the people who dies from it. But you know, it's um, I haven't had it. I, it's um, it's really weird. Everyone around me keeps getting it. I feel like I'm invincible. Well, it's it, it, don't say that. We don't want to jinx anything. But isn't it interesting? There seems to be these sort of two groups of people. I know a lot of people have had it. Now they're now incredibly relaxed about having it and getting it again. And then there's other people who haven't had it yet who just sort of feel like they're a, it's a ticking time bomb waiting for it to happen. Uh, do you think are you seeing that division as well, Liam? Yeah, to- I mean, totally. It's um, it's really strange. I mean. I mean, having said that, I mean, it's this this whole fact, this is the real first wave that we've had. But then I was looking up the other day, and, and only about half of people in England have, have had it. Mm. How, how, many, how many waves have they had? So, you know, like it's, uh, you know, I, I, I guess the thing is, I've because a lot of my friends and family have had it, and nobody's been unscathed, I've probably become a bit complacent about it. I'm not one of those people who's really anxious about getting it. In some ways, I've got that horrible thought in the back of my mind about thinking, oh, I just want to get it so it can be over with. But I will, if I do say that out loud, which I've just done, I know I will jinx it and I'll probably get a really serious case. But I, I don't have that anxiety. Um, and I think I've probably, if anything, I've become a bit too complacent. Have you had it, Francis? I have not. And I've got to say that I, um, 
I am one of those who is incredibly keen not to get it. But as you say, you know, I've, I've just come off maternity leave and I've got a bubber at home who can't be vaccinated. And I've got to say that has had a huge impact on how I have responded to this. Because I think if it was just myself and my husband and we were vaccinated, I'd be sort of, you know, I wouldn't want to get it. Um, but you know, it feels like it's everywhere right now and it feels like a bit of a roll of the dice. What do you do? But with a baby at home who can't be vaccinated and is still under one, it really does change the risk assessment. And I really feel for other people who either can't be vaccinated or have children at home who aren't fully vaccinated or maybe they have a health condition that means that even if they are vaccinated, they're still at risk. I feel that now it's just sloshing around New Zealand. There's this, this whole group of people who are vulnerable and it, it's the, like the worst game of bull rush you've ever played. <laughs> totally, especially with the holidays coming. I know that everyone's just crossing their fingers. I'm, we've been saying to our kids, come on guys, just get to the holidays, please. Just get to the holidays. Uh, very quickly, Liam, uh, hot cross buns. What makes a good hot cross bun? Should we stick with the traditional hot cross bun or are you absolutely happy for bakers around the country to be throwing peanut butter and raspberries and white chocolate and things at hot cross buns? Well, I am a traditionalist. I mean, as a uh, as a Christian, like I, I kind of see it as I've always seen it as kind of being part of the, the Christian tradition. You know, the spices represent the embalming of Jesus. The, if you put, maybe if you're going to be really extravagant, you put some orange rind in it to sort of um, you symbolise the bitterness of the cross. But look, it's, there's no sense being upset about um, the proliferation of hot cross buns. That's just the power of capitalism for you. You may as well want to hold back the tide, Francis. I love that. I didn't know that the spices actually represented something. I thought they were just delicious. Um, I've got to say that I am—I love all food. I am an equal opportunity eater, and any food that comes my way, I'll try it. So when I see all of these different flavors, I'm just thinking, sign me up, get it in my face, love it. Um, I would say that you get some of them where you sort of look at it and you're like, is this even a hot crust bun anymore, or is it just a delicious bun? But I, I'm not going to quibble about what they call it, just get it in my face. No, oh, my producer is outraged with you both. She thinks that we should not. <laughs> to be, you know, doing what we're doing to these hot cross buns. They should be traditional and that is absolutely it. Liam here and Francis Cook, thanks so much for your time this morning. Um, I'm pretty relaxed about it as well because I've got a little confession. I don't actually like hot cross buns and I know that I'm just one of a few. Everybody loves a hot cross bun going into Easter. Maybe I just haven't had the perfect hot cross bun yet, but I've never really loved them. Um, I it's something I can go without, so I'm not fussy. Actually, I probably wouldn't mind trying one with a bit of raspberry and white chocolate in it. It might do the trick for me.